I face stumbling blocks while running this way. It must be time, oh Satan has slowed my pain. Oh, but I'm still walking with Jesus, standing my ground. Oh, I just don't find a place. To turn around, oh, no, I just don't find a place to turn around. Well, I keep on running this way to hide around. Oh, my eyes are on the road, and I'm heading back. Well, I just Find a place to turn around. Oh, no, I just don't find a place to turn around. Well, I keep on running this way to high ground. Well, my eyes are on the road, and I'm heading back. To turn around Well, I started walking with Jesus A long time ago Well, there's been times I walk fast And sometimes I walk slow Well, no matter the speed I'm still getting ground Find a place to turn around. Well, no, I just don't find a place to turn around. Well, I keep on running this way to find a ground. Well, my eyes are on the bed. A long time ago When there's been times I walk fast And sometimes I walk slow Even though my head is speed I'm still getting ground Well, no, I just know Find a place to turn around Thank you.
Hallelujah. Brother Looper's coming to preach. We're going to help him. But for you people that did not know, today is Brother and Sister Duplice's anniversary. Brother Looper. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. How many is glad to be in church? Hallelujah. What about the rest of you? Are you glad to be in church? Praise God. Praise God. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. And along with Brother Cooper, we want to congratulate Brother and Sister Duplissy on their anniversary. And uh, 59 years. 59 years. Amen. Sister Duplissy, why don't you stand and testify? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Thank God for that testimony. But Brother Duplissy, I noticed that she didn't say anything about 59 wonderful years. 59 carefree years. 59 loving, kind years. <laughs> At least she didn't say any 59 miserable years anyway. Praise God. She didn't say she had the best husband in the world because I know she'd be telling the story because my wife has that. (laughs) Don't laugh. Say, praise God. That's the truth. Well, let's try that again. She's... Um, but anyway, isn't living for God fun? Amen, amen. I, I, uh, I, I worry about those people sometimes that said, "Man, what do you do for fun?" Man, living for God is just fun all the time. And I love serving the Lord. Let me make a couple of announcements before we get into the Word of the Lord. One is youth camp, junior camp is coming up Wednesday. The bus. We'll be leaving here at 8 o'clock Wednesday morning, so be here for that. And uh, we're looking forward to a great time in the Lord, and we're going to have a wonderful time. And uh, also, I need to talk to all the, the senior campers that is going to junior camp immediately after service in the men's prayer room. So if all of the senior campers that are going to help in the junior camp, please meet me. Immediately after service, I'll try to get back there if everyone will allow me to as quick as I possibly can. So meet me in the men's prayer room after service. Don't forget, church this week will be on Monday night again. I want to remind you because last week a lot of you forgot that it was on Monday night. So remember, church tomorrow night. And uh, then we'll go back to regular scheduled services and uh, we're looking forward to God doing something good for us. 
And uh, I want to welcome all of our guests that are here today. If you are a guest, we want you to know how thankful we are that you've come to be with us. We're so glad that you're in First Pentecostal Church in Sealsby, Texas this morning. Why don't all the home folks give our guests a good hand? Praise God. Praise God. It's good to be in church. It's good to know the Lord. And uh, I tell you what, I'm thankful. I am thankful that I know the Lord in the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. If you have your Bibles today, turn to Acts chapter number 1. Acts chapter number 1. And uh, I'll read one verse of Scripture there. We'll be reading verse number 8. Acts chapter 1. And verse number 8. And uh, good to have young man from Brother Copeland's church here with us today. All the way from Mississippi. He's just fell in love with Texas all of a sudden. And uh, we're glad that he's here today. Lord bless him for being with us. And uh, good to see Sister Dawn and Brother David. And little Dodger Dawn back there. Amen. Good to have them here with us today. Everyone else that's in the house of God. Good to see everyone that just should be here. Lord bless you for being in church. The Bible says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. There's some things that the Scripture said is going to happen. Jesus said, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you are going to receive power. Without the Holy Ghost, you are powerless. Amen. Good to see Sister Bobby in church today. Amen. I guess that word power and Sister Bobby just kind of goes together, but glad to see her in the house of God today. Lord bless you. I know she's happy to be back home and uh, able to be in. She's so happy about it. Brother Richard's so glad to have her back home. He went and bought a brand new car to carry her home in. Amen. Praise God. Now that, I was talking to the young Mary this morning about courtship after marriage. Now that's courtship after marriage there. When you go to get her out of the place of rehab, you just you just go to not because of drugs, because she she broke her arm, and uh, and uh, so when you go to pick her up, you get a new car, new chariot to bring her home in. Lord bless you. You can be seated. The scripture said that you're going to receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That's the reason why it's so important. One reason why it's so important to have the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, you are powerless. Amen. You have no power over the devil. You have no power over sin. That's the reason why some religions say you got to sin a little bit every day. So you might as well pick the sin you like the best. Because they cannot understand how you live free from sin. Because they do not believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But when you have the Holy Ghost, you get power over sin. Amen. You don't have to sin because you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. 
Praise God. Praise God. And the power to live free from sin, the power to be victorious. Then he says, ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I want to preach today from this subject for a few moments this morning. The call for the church in the last day. The call for the church in the last day. The, uh, the, the situation of, of this country and world in general is in a bad, bad way. The things that have been going on uh, for the last few years and even the last month has just, it seems like things have grown out of proportion. It seems like the world has taken a turn in the wrong direction at a high rate of speed. When I look at the judgments that have been handed down, and I look at the applaud of the people, and how that people are excited. If you remember um, the first Sunday after, I think it was the Friday that the judgment was handed down on marriage, I, um, I preached a message. I mentioned something in the message about it will not stop at this, but it will continue on. And sexual lust and desires will never be quenched. It will never be satisfied. Because when you start feeding it, it only grows and gets bigger. And the appetite gets larger. I mentioned some things about uh, children, and there's a big, big problem today with, uh, with uh, society and uh, predators that prey upon children and use them for their sexual desires, which is against the law, and it should be against the law, but I made mention of the fact that will be attacked, and they will try to legalize that also. And I believe that they will legalize it, because these appetites and lust will never be filled. Just this week, we were coming home from Galveston Thursday evening, and my wife was reading an article uh, on Fox News about some uh, models who were 14 years old that were modeling partially nude. And that's against the law. And they were making reference to the fact one designer said, as long as there is an appetite for it, society will be doing it. They were trying to make... What I can't figure out is why these people are not prosecuted. Because what they are doing is against the law. But when sin, when sin is finished, when sin comes into play and sin starts taking control, when sin is finished, it brings forth death. And what sin is bringing forth is death 
of every moral law that society has. Amen. When you look at the video games that they promote today, and they're trying to figure out why people would just walk in, why a young man would walk into a church and start blowing people away, they do it every day on the video games. Blood and gore. And I want to tell you, if you're letting your children, or if you are playing these things, you need to stop. Let me rephrase that, or let me go over that again. If you are playing these things, if you are involved in these things, these bloody, gory, blowing people's head off, cutting people's head off, Blood is splattered all over the screen. You need to stop because that is displeasing to God. You are feeding, you are feeding a sinful desire that is going to grow up and be bigger than you are one day. Amen. Why is our teens in such the shape they are in? It's because of what society is feeding them and what they are growing up to become. And uh, you need to teach your children respect for authority. Respect for the law. Amen. Amen. Respect for the elders. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. That's good preaching right there. I know it's not popular in society today and probably not popular after you get a little above the Mason-Dixon line, but you still need to tell them how to say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. Yes, sir, and no, sir. My... My daddy used to have nightmares, I think, and dreams that that I would say yeah and no and uh uh-uh and uh uh-uh to him. And uh, he'd say, what'd you say, boy? I said, yes, sir, 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 kind sir, yes, sir. That's exactly what I said, sir, is yes, sir. Because I I can remember him sitting in in a restaurant and just sitting there and somebody, young person, walk up and say, yeah, you don't say yeah to me, boy. (laughs) <laughs> That's just, we was driving, Mickey might have been with us yesterday, we was driving down Main Street, and uh, we stopped at a red light. This young man was standing on the side of the road with his pants, that's when it first started happening, and uh, back then, and uh, his pants hanging down, his underwear, uh, where you could see them, and my daddy rolled down the window, he said, hey son, said, pull up your pants. He looked over there and looked at that. Old guy, about 61 years old. And uh, he he wanted to come back with a smart reply. And he said, yes, sir. And he pulled him up and took off walking down the road. We, we have got to learn how and the importance. You say, oh, these, these things are not important. These things are not necessary. This is not what I come to preach about. I'm getting way off track. These things are not necessary and not important. But... They lead to other things. I want to tell you, if you have a a three-year-old that does not respect you, mom and daddy, 
When they get 16, they're not going to respect you at all. Amen. They say, oh, I don't want to correct them. I want to be their friend. We are living in a society where parents are trying to be friends. But children do not need friends. They need parents. You parents need to grow up and understand what God has called you to do and the responsibilities that God has called you to have. Amen. That's, that's good preaching right there. Hallelujah. Praise God. So in this society that we live in, all the chaos, all the turmoil, where people are rioting, people are picketing, people are shutting down a business over a man that killed a lion. Cecil is no longer with us. He is deceased. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know about all the details. He said he'd done it legal and it was whatever. But then nobody says anything when Planned Parenthood is aborting babies. They are alive. And they are cutting them open and taking out their organs and selling them. And our tax-paying dollars is paying for it to the tune of a half a billion dollars a year. That's over a million dollars a month that we are giving to this organization. It's coming out of your pocket. It's coming out of my pocket. And nobody... Seems to worry about it, but don't kill a lion. A guy went to jail this past week for running over, a, I believe it was some baby ducks with the lawnmower. Went to jail for a year. And you can kill babies? This world is, is crazy. This world is so mixed up. It's sickening the horrors that, that you see that is going on. And the things that has taken place. But our question today and what we must understand and realize is the call for the church in this last hour. We are living in wicked times. We are living in perilous times. We are living in troubled times. What is the church supposed to do? What is the call of the church? The Bible says in Acts chapter 1, you take this scripture in its setting, Jesus is sending His disciples and followers back to the upper room to wait for the promise that He had told them was going to happen. He said, now first of all, don't go out evangelizing the world yet, but go and receive the Holy Ghost. Now, after you have received the Holy Ghost, you are called to be witnesses unto me, of me, and unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. There is some tragedies that's happened in life. One of the greatest tragedies that has happened was... The sinking of the Titanic, it is grown. They have made movies about it. They have written books about it. They have went down 
and discovered where it was. They have taken things that was uh, sunk with the ship, treasures from the ship. It has always got people's attention. This large ship hit an iceberg, and many people died as a result. But there is another tragedy that happened on the Titanic. Most of the lifeboats, although they were not enough to save everyone, most of the lifeboats that left the Titanic were only half full. Why were they only half full? Because they that got in them first were too self-centered and too concerned about their self to go back and share the salvation that they had. First Peter chapter number 3 and verse number 15. But sanctify the Lord your God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh. You are reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Be ready to give an answer unto all men because there is hope in you. This world is left without hope. This world is in a terrible situation of some of the things that I've already made mention of. Where do they find hope? Where? Do they find strength? Where do they find help? I want to tell you, help is still in the church. Help is still in God. Strength and hope is still in God. They say that Paul Revere, you all have heard his name. He is known and held as a hero of his time. Why? Because he feared the British. What did he do? He cried. The British are coming. The British are coming. What did he do? He sounded the alert. The British are coming. His concern was not for popularity. It was not surrounding, it was surrounding warning. He took seriously that the British are coming. Amen. As we look at the condition of this world, the situations that are at hand, we must be proclaiming as a church, Jesus is coming. His justice is coming. His wrath is coming. We cannot be cute, but we must be concerned that there is people that are on their way to a devil's hell, that the only thing that's standing between them and eternity in hell is a church that's crying out, Get ready! Jesus is coming! Get prepared! Jesus is coming! Get your heart right! Jesus is coming! Hallelujah! What would have happened if Paul Revere would have held his peace and not have cried, Jesus is coming? You see, we find the New Testament church grew with uncontrollable wildfire because of persecution. When the church was being persecuted, it was God's plan and God's design to get them out 
of their comfort zone and out of Jerusalem to Samaria and to all Judea and to the uttermost parts of the earth. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 46 and 47, it said, And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking of bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. In Acts chapter 6 and verse number 7, the Scripture said, And the Word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were uh, obedient to the faith. Amen. When the devil tried to stomp it out, when the devil tried to stamp it out, when the devil tried to quieten it up, amen, revival broke loose. I want to tell you today that there is a call for the church of God. We as a church have a great responsibility. We as a church have a call upon each and every one of our lives to spread the gospel. Hallelujah. 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 But some, as a church, sometimes we are so self-centered that we are in the lifeboat and we've got our little family in the lifeboat and we got our little friends, our close uh, uh, associates in the lifeboat and uh, you know we don't we don't want to disturb anything and we don't want to rock the boat and uh, we don't want to cause any trouble so we just paddle away with people screaming and people dying and people starving behind us. Amen. I want to tell you today, church, God did not save you and God did not save me just for myself and for yourself. But there is a world that's going to hell. There is people that needs God. There is people that needs hope. There is people that needs deliverance. There is people that needs help. And it's up to us, church. It's up to us, church. We've got to sound the alarm. We've got to work with everything that is within us. Somebody shout to the Lord with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. 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 But we as a people, we can look in our comfort zone. Man, we got a good church. We got a great crowd. We got, we got a nice gym. We got, we got a nice comfortable place, a beautiful place to come to worship God. Most of you look around and you have your children here. And, uh, some of you look around and you have your parents here. Some of you look around and even your grandparents are here. It's been handed down from generation to generation for that. I am grateful and I am thankful for it. But I want to tell you, God 
did not just call us for the saving of ourselves. Amen. But there's somebody on your job that needs the help of God in their life. There's somebody, a young person in your school, that needs the help of God in their life. There's somebody that you come in contact with on a daily basis at the restaurant that needs direction and help and hope in their life. I want to tell you, the church is the only hope. Another president's not going to make it better. Another congress is not going to make it better. The only thing that can make it better is Jesus Christ is coming. He's coming again. He's coming again. He's coming again. And we need to get ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My heart has been stirred this week in prayer of praying as I see the condition. But we get so carried about with, oh, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Amen. In biblical times, they were cutting off the head of James. They had put the apostle Peter in jail to take off his head. It was bad times, but they never sat down in the corner and said, I'm just worried about my little family. I'm just worried about me and myself and I and nobody else. Amen. But no, you want to know what happened? They got in trouble because they were out on the street. Let me tell you about what I found. Let me tell you about what God can do for you. Some of your family members are strung out on drugs. Some of your co-workers is in divorce. Some of your co-workers is alcoholics and drug addicts. How many times do we see them at the locker? How many times do we see them sitting down across the table and never mention that there is hope in God? And then we wonder why we have so many problems. There is a process that takes place in life. The first thing is we are born into this world. And then after we are born, we start to grow. After our growth... Natural process takes place that the majority gets married, and then the reproduction process takes place. Then after reproduction has passed, the age of reproduction has passed, the process of death begins to take place. This is the way it is in life. None of us is going to last forever. I read stuff in the paper. The natural hormone that we have discovered that keeps you young forever. Send us $39.95 and we'll send you a bottle. If it does not work, send it back and we'll refund your money. I can already tell you it ain't going to work. 
Amen. They can give you facelifts. They can suck all the fat out of your body and replace it with whatever that would make it look like you have muscles, but you're still going to die. Because it was appointed unto man once to die. There's still going to be a judgment because the Bible says after you die, there is coming a judgment day. Amen. So it is a natural process. I want to tell you, when you are born into the church, there is a time of birth. There is a time of growth. And there is a time of reproduction that must take place if a church is is not reproducing. A church is already in the dying process. Amen. It concerns me when the altars are bare and the baptistry is dry. It concerns me when we do not have visitors that is hungry for God. It concerns, and it ought to concern you. Amen. When we can get complacent in our own self, in our own selfish desires, and nothing Nothing move us and nothing motivate us. I want to tell you, church, we are called for a purpose. Amen. We are called for a purpose. God has a purpose for our life. God has a plan for our life. God has a work for us to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. But sometimes we're scared. Oh, they might mess up our little thing. It's kind of like having a nice home and not wanting anybody to come over because they might dirty your sidewalk or dirty your floor or sit down in your favorite chair. I go to church and I got my place that is there for me to sit. And bless God, nobody better get my spot. Oh, praise God. When we ought to be praying, I hope there's a brand new visitor that's sitting in my seat this morning. That's a weak hand clap. But we ought to be praying, God, let somebody be sitting in my seat this morning. God, I want somebody to have the same opportunity that I had. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, you don't have to answer this question out loud. You don't have to give a showing of hands. But how many of us... I I went to a church one time, and uh, I want to tell you, I pray to God that it would never happen here. If it does, you need to pray through and get the Holy Ghost all over again. But we went to a church one time. We come in. I was a preacher there that night. My wife, first time we ever walked in, nobody knew who she was. She sat down in a chair in a, in a, on a bench. And a little bit, a lady walked up and she said, you're going to have to move, sis. She said, ma'am, said, that's my chair. That's my seat. That's where I sat. So you're going to have to move out. Lord, have mercy. What kind of church is this? Amen. We need to be in the prayer room praying, God, let somebody be in my seat. God, when I get to the parking lot, let somebody have my spot. Oh, that's good preaching right there. God, let a visitor be there. I want to see somebody get the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. Praise God. I wish to the good Lord. I wish to the good Lord it would get so full in here that somebody had to come get my seat. I'd gladly stand up or get a folding chair. Amen. I want it to be packed out. And I want to tell you, this is not all that God has for First Pentecostal Church in Sealsby. I come to tell you, contrary to some of your opinions, the best days are not behind us. The darker the night, the brighter the light. Amen. The word condition of the world, the greater condition of the church. We've got to let our light shine. We've got to let our light shine. We've got to let our light shine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I am thankful. Amen. I am thankful for the ones who are working so desperately and earnestly in different positions in this church. Amen. I'm thankful for Sister Lisa and Brother Derek. Now, I'm, re- I'm off the top of my head right now, so if I forget somebody, forgive me, that has a desire for our young classes and our Sunday school classes. Amen. The outreach program that they're in. What we need is a little more commitment from parents, myself included, yourself included. We need more commitment. We need more strength. We need more help. We need more desire. 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 I'm thankful for Brother Kane and Brother David Glover who goes faithfully to the jails and preaches to those who are incarcerated. I'm thankful for Brother Rick who is working so uh, so hard at trying to get a bus ministry started. You say, oh, it's going to mess up our church. Amen. Praise God. We'll build another church. Amen. God, fill it up. God, give us revival. If we're not producing babies, we're dying. We're dying. We're we got too many times and too many opportunities to think about our own trouble. We gotta get our hands in the harvest. We've gotta work. We've got to work. Oh my goodness. Oh, I tell you what, there's a, I don't know if it's a Holy Ghost spirit or a bad spirit coming over me right now. Amen. But some of you need to get the fire of God burning in your soul. You say, oh, they, they might be the wrong color. They might smell a little bad. Shame on you. Shame on you. They might mess up our little Sunday school class. Amen. Whatever we have to do, we'll do what we got to do to make room. Amen. The ark, what was a shame about the ark is only eight people was on the ark that was created for the saving of all souls. Amen. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. I want to tell you today, we've got room for somebody else. We've got room for Somebody else. We've got room for someone else. We've got room for someone else. Hallelujah. Amen. Peter, 
What are you doing going to Cornelius' house anyway? Don't you know he's a Gentile? They eat different than we do. They talk different than we do. They do things different than we do. Don't you know who He is? But see, God's doing a new thing. The darker the night, the brighter the church is. Some of you sitting there this morning wondering why. Why I have so much trouble? Why am I having so many problems? Because you're in the dying process. I was thinking yesterday, I got home from a bike ride, and uh, I took a shower and I come in to the church, and I was walking down the hallway of the church, and my hip was hurting and my leg was hurting. And I said, man, I don't remember this being like this a few years ago. I don't remember having these aches and pains. It seemed like my back hurts all the time. And I said, why? And I said, man, if I'd have known it was going to be like this at this age, I'd have enjoyed it a lot more when I was a teenager. I don't remember hurting. I don't remember being sore the next morning. I don't remember all of those days. But I want to tell you, the reason why is... I've... (laughs) I'm in the dying process. You're in the dying process. I hate to burst your bubble, but if you're approaching 65 years old, darling, there's a lot more days behind you than is in front of you. They call 40 the middle age. I want to tell you, there's not just a whole lot of people that has quality of life at 80. Some of you are in here and thank God for it. Amen. But that's not promised to us. The church has got to work. There's a job for you. There's a, you say, oh, I can't do anything. There's nothing that I can do. I can't work. Thankful for those team leaders and team captains. Sister Bob has given years and years of her life and commitment to Ladies Auxiliary. Thankful for the man who serves on, on the trustee board. Thankful for Brother Allen and Sister Angela who works tirelessly at, at the youth group and helping them and supporting them and going with them and those who are helping them. And you say there's nothing for me to do? When we get busy about God's business, we get our minds off of our problems and off of our troubles and off of our heartaches. There's an old song that was sung in Mississippi, I believe Sister Euphema, if I'm right. How can I live without a burden for the lost? How can I live without a burden for the lost? I can't remember any words, but I can remember I think she sung that song every time she got up. But how can we, as a church, lay down in our comfortable bed and come to our comfortable church 
and shout our little comfortable shout. When such were some of you. Where would you be without God today? A lot of you would be a drunken wreck. A lot of you's marriages would be destroyed. Your families would be strewn across the earth. You wouldn't have a job. I was privileged to be born in this thing, and I thank God for that, but some of you was not. Some of you was drunk the first time you ever come to church. Some of you smelt bad the first time you ever come to church. Some of you had a drug problem the first time you ever come to church. The call of the church for this last day is we can't get caught up in all the bad that is happening. I don't think we stick our head in the sand and act like it's not happening. But we got to get busy about the Father's business. We only have a short time to work. We don't have time to backslide. You don't have time to backslide. You don't have time to think about quitting on God. Think about those who do not have what we have today. I'm fixing to kill some of your spirits, but most some some of you, uh, your spirits are already killed because I've already talked about some things you don't believe and don't like and don't want. But I still, I still envision another church building being built right over here beside this one that is larger than this one to hold the people that God is going to send to us. I didn't expect you to get happy about it because some of you might be in your grave, but one day it's going to happen for the glory of God. For the glory of God. What you've got to do is get out of the don't rock the boat mentality. Let's leave things as they are. Let's don't move. Let's don't do anything. I want to tell you, when you stop moving, your body shuts down. Why then are we called the body of Christ? As we all stand... Why are we called the body of Christ? A body must move. Or it will lose its ability to move. Listen to me real close. A body must move. Or it will lose its ability to move. You take your arm and put it in a sling and walk around for months with it in a sling. It will lose its ability. Its muscles will deteriorate. That's what's wrong with some of your spirituality today. You've been carrying your little hang-ups. You've been carrying your little problems. You've been walking down the street of woe is me. 
Oh, how sad it is. I, I've got so many troubles. I've got so many problems. But thank God you're not addicted to drugs. Thank God you're not addicted to alcohol. Thank God you're not divorced. Thank God you've got a family. Thank God you've got a church to go to. Thank God you've got friends. Thank God you've got people who pray for you. We've got so much to be thankful for. Let's throw our hang-ups aside. And let's do what God has called us to do. There is a work for you. 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 God's not finished. The call of the church is to be a witness in a dark hour. The call of the church is to spread the gospel. The call of the church is to continually, until the day that you die, I found it very interesting. I went over to see Sister Bobby Friday. I think it was, or no, Thursday. She said, you know, I don't know why I'm in this place other than I've got to witness to a lot of people since I've been here. I didn't know there were so many backsliders in here that worked at this place. So, but I've talked to a lot of backsliders. I've got some promises they're going to come to church. When we could have sat there and said, Oh, I don't understand. Oh, I don't understand. Why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? Why am I facing this? Why do I have to have these problems? And yes, we've all been guilty. But the Apostle Peter used his problems for stepping stones. The Apostle Paul and Silas in the midst of the jail said, why do we need to leave here? God's got revival right here. And I want to tell you, if some of you would look at your problems differently and look at them as an opportunity to spread the gospel and an opportunity to see God work through you in someone else's life, there is no telling what God would do. In the last days, the church is called to revival. 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 We cannot go into survival mode. We've got a short time to work. We've got to evangelize this town. We've got to evangelize this community. God has put a burden, and I'm, 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 about, I'm about done. God has put a burden on my heart and in my spirit the last month that every time... It seems that every time I go to the Lord in prayer, I start crying out, God, get a hold of backsliders. God, stir backsliders. God, get a hold of our, our people that has walked away from You. Because I sense an urgency in my spirit 
I sense an urgency in the spirit world. I sense an urgency in the air. Oh, the coming of the Lord is near. We've got to get to work, church. There's people I want to see in the ark of safety. There's people I want to see in the church. There's people I want to see in the church. I want you just to step out right now. Make your way to this front and lift your hands toward heaven. I want you to ask with an open heart, with a sincere spirit, God, use me. Use me in my neighborhood. Use me on my job. You young people going back to school, it's not a time to give in to temptation, but it's a time to stand up and be different. It's time to stand up and tell them there is a better way. God loves you and God wants to help you. Use me in my school, God. Use me in my workplace, God. Use me in my family, God. Hallelujah. Could I get some saint of God to lift up your voice? Lift up your voice right now. Lift up your voice right now. Lift up your voice right now. Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Come on. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, lift up your voice. God, I want to work for you. Get my mind off of my problems. Get my mind off of my troubles. Get my mind off of my trials. In every situation that they see, God, there's a work. There's a work. There's a work that I can do for your glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on! Come on! Somebody lift your voice! Come on! Somebody lift your voice! Come on! Somebody lift your voice! Come on, young people! I feel the Holy Ghost! I feel the Holy Ghost right now! I feel the Holy Ghost right now! Oh God, there's a work! There's a work! There's a work! There's a work! There's a call on your 